Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast, where we help people working in commercial real estate achieve their professional goals. Check us out online at CREsuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now here's your host, Darren Krakowiak. Hello, welcome to episode 19. On today's episode, we are speaking to Tamara Gross of Gross Waddell in Melbourne. Tamara is the head of leasing at the firm. She is a retail specialist. We're going to be hearing about Tamara's passion for fashion, how she loves the hustle of our industry, and how when she couldn't find a suitable mentor, she took action by creating her own network of women who support each other's professional growth. Before we start that interview, I just want to take a moment to say thank you to the sponsors of CRE Success, the podcast. You know, it's not easy to monetize a podcast, so I am especially grateful that Hub Australia and Released have taken a chance on this podcast, which is, of course, the first time I've ever hosted and produced a podcast. It is also the first time that both organizations have ever advertised on a podcast as well. So we've been on this journey together but they have both been really great partners to work with. So I say to Hub Australia and also to Released, thank you. And also thank you to Unispace who sponsored the first half of season one. I really appreciate your support. If you are enjoying this podcast, one thing that you can do to support us is to tell your colleagues and peers in the industry about us. The content is evergreen, which means for the most part, it should be as relevant to the audience in a few years into the future as it is now. So it's never too late to pass on details about CRE Success, the podcast via your social media channels, direct message or good old fashioned word of mouth. The next time somebody says, hey, have you heard any good podcasts lately? And people do ask that question, by the way, nowadays, I would be honored if you would mention us in your answer. My guest, Tamara Gross of Gross Waddell, is standing by. We'll be jumping into the virtual elevator in just 30 seconds. Join pioneering landlords and property managers using technology and data powered by the leader in commercial property management software, Released. Born in the cloud, Released gives you centralized management of your portfolio with instant access to client and lease information across property managers, landlords, accountants, and tenants. With Released smart automation, managing single to large multi-tenanted properties with complex outgoings is a breeze, driving real-time insights so you can make proactive data-led decisions. Visit re-lease.com to find out more. And now it's time for the interview on CRE Success, the podcast. Tamara, welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Hey, Darren, how are you? I'm very, very good. The first thing that we've got to do is step into the virtual elevator for your elevator pitch. Tamara, who are you? Okay, Tamara Gross. I'm the head of leasing and the retail specialist at Grosswoodell Real Estate. I'm known for my expertise within the retail leasing market, but more importantly, I pride myself on being the ultimate connector. I've built incredible relationships from my school days, living overseas and through to my working life. And I suppose probably the best thing I pride myself in is I try to understand my clients as best as I can. I want to understand their asset. I know and feel that when I walk into their property, that my knowledge isn't limited to any one industry. And as well as knowing sort of from fashion to food to homewares and all things retail. Probably one thing I'm not sure that you do know, Darren, is leasing is the main part of my role of Grosswoodell. But over my time, I've sold many, many shops. And one of my greatest joys during COVID was selling the Gorman shop in Chapel Street, South Yarra. Wonderful. I, I didn't know that you lived overseas, tomorrow. Where did you live and for how long? I lived in London in the early 1990s. 
So I'd been finished my studies, didn't really have a lot of direction, did the whole, all my mates were overseas. Someone said, why don't you come and live in London? So without thinking too much about it, I headed on a plane, started in Los Angeles, spent five weeks in New York, and then found myself in London sharing an apartment with five friends. To say it was fun is an absolute understatement. I got the A to Z thrown at me, which is the English version of a Melways. And off I went, knocking on doors and was fortunate enough with no real interest back then, getting a job at Chesterton Real Estate. Chesterton's office was in that very swanky part of Mayfair. And I worked in what was known as the Licensed Leisure and Hotels Department. It was so much fun. I loved living in London. I used to organise softball games with other uh, commercial agencies in Hyde Park every Monday. And then a couple of nights a week, worked on the door of a pretty snooty nightclub. So it was absolutely the best time of my life. I look back on it with such joy. I was actually in London in January this year and reconnected with people from those days. And it was just a very exciting time. Fantastic. And uh, Chesterton certainly sounds like a very British snotty kind of um, real estate firm as well when when I say it like that. But is, is that like a big national brand over there? It was back then. Yes, it was very big. And I think we had probably 20 offices. So being in the Mayfair, which is, I think was pretty much the head office, was really exciting. Wonderful. Now, of course, your surname, Gross, is also on the door where you work now at Gross Waddell. Is that a coincidence or what's the relationship? <laughs> so that's a funny question. Often people ask me, is Michael my husband? Is he my father? He's my brother. Michael and Andrew Waddell started the business 25 years ago. And I came along 20 years ago, kind of a little bit of helping out a few, doing a few odd jobs here and there while I was running an event business. And I found that I actually really love real estate. So one of my friends said, well, what's stopping you going to get a qualification and become a real estate agent? So being who I am, and I'm incredibly impetuous, signed myself up and off I went and got my agent's rep. And from that moment on, was pretty much thrown in the deep end, as is probably always the best way to learn. I tried to sort of shadow as many people as I possibly could, but I think learning on the spot was really the best way to learn. And do you ever get the opportunity to flex your event business planning skills, um, planning events for clients and things at Grosswoodell? Um, Look, it's funny because in my event days, I worked with a lot of incredible corporates. And now fast forward to real estate, a lot of those corporates have actually been my clients in property. So I'm always very keen to keep in touch with people that I've worked with or met over the years. And I think when you do something like events, you're very good with detail and organisation, which is something that I pretty much stick to as part of my regime. So what makes Grosswoodell different from its competitors in the marketplace? Look, we are a boutique agency of around 35 staff. I personally think what I love about it is it's very even. Michael and Andrew have always been very approachable. And probably the thing I respect most about them both is they really, they lead by example. There's no ego. It's always about getting the job done and on to the next opportunity. Um, We have a very fluid environment in that we have regular sales meetings, leasing meetings. Everybody talks about what's going on. If you need Michael or Andrew to jump in at any point to meet with a client, they're always available. So it's very much an even level. From what you were saying before the interview started, retail was a natural fit given your passion for fashion and also the hospitality sector. Is that a fair thing to say? It is indeed, Darren. I am a self-confessed shopaholic. 
um, pretty much been shopping all my life and don't know whether I'm embarrassed or proud, but have seven wardrobes full of clothes, shoes and, ex- and accessories. <laughs> and back in the early days, I all I wanted to do was be a fashion designer and work in fashion. I had part-time jobs at Sports Girl. But when I sort of, before I went to London, fashion wasn't really an opportunity, but I kept the love of fashion. And as Michael said, well, you've made a career of shopping. Why don't you use it to become a good retail leasing agent? And that is exactly the truth. I've worked with some of the most incredible fashion designers from leasing shops to them, selling shops to them and meeting them along the way. Um, One of my greatest joys, loving my love of fashion, I was trying to find a site for Carla Zampatti and she was in Melbourne for the tennis and we'd met at a shop. And I said, look, what are you doing for the next half an hour? And she said, look, I need to get dropped. I'm going to off to the tennis. So we spent half an hour nonstop, didn't draw a breath, talking at all things fashion. And to talk to somebody so iconic as her and just have such a great rapport was really a highlight with meeting some of my fashion people. Oh, that's awesome. And I I guess as a, a retail agent, when you do a deal, one of the things that you might feel a little bit compelled to do is go into the shop and actually buy something, but you might even get a discount. So you could be saving money in your line of work. Well, funny you say that, Darren. I remember early on one day I met, I met with a great fashion designer and she said, look, wait, why don't we just pay you in clothes? Of which I thought was a fantastic idea. Unfortunately, when I broached it with Michael and Andrew, said, no, that's not how we do business. So, um, but no, I'm very supportive of all my designers and actually really enjoy the interaction I still on a regular basis if I get a retail shop in a strip I straight away go to the the designers that I've met with work with to see if they're interested and you know pride myself on the fact that they've been really long-standing relationships. Well, let's talk about some of the current and emerging uh, retail market trends. We've seen the growth of experience-based retail and also the growth of service-based specialty stores in recent years. What do you think is going to be the impact of COVID-19 on that trend? Is it going to slow down? Is this just a blip on the radar? What do you see on the horizon? Well, even pre-COVID, my belief always was that if you're a good fashion retailer or homewares, it's very important to have an online presence as well as a shop. I often said to many of my clients, you know, it was very big at one stage that people wanted to open 12 shops at once. I truly believe you're better having less shops with a greater presence. And I think the online store is is as important as the bricks and mortar. I think that service retail is certainly something and ever new that is really high on the list. What we did during lockdown as a leasing team was really talked about who were going to be, I'm going to use the word recession proof or COVID proof. And there was a lot of digging to be done. And I think, and we all came to the conclusion, certainly going to be from the sort of health insurance agency, tax agencies to allied health, whether a physio, Pilates, personal trainer, it really has changed. But I still do think there's going to be an appetite for fashion in the strips, probably they will not have as many shops in all the strips of the, after COVID. And what about the impact on the restaurant industry? You know, delivery versus eating in the central business district F and B scene. What's going to happen as uh, in Melbourne? We're recording this interview in uh, November. We've just come out of a very long and harsh lockdown. What's around the corner for the F and B industry? I think, and I hope that uh, the hospitality industry will one hundred percent catch up. I think seeing people so joyful to be out at a restaurant, to be at a cafe since the minute lockdown 
finished. I think every cafe around Melbourne where they could was buzzing with people. I think people are sick of being at home. I don't think that the home delivery or takeaway experience is great. And I think also there's a real, and whether it's an Australianism, we want to support hospitality. People want to see other people survive. And I think the hospitality industry, they just were so clever with how they adapted in pretty harsh circumstances from doing special kinds of food packages to not only offering coffee, they were doing picnic boxes that had mixed up cocktails. There were opportunities for people to really do the best they could in pretty trying circumstances. And I think the other part of it was I live in the in the strip of Malvern Road, Hawkesburn, where you had Toscano's that was absolutely buzzing pretty much from the get-go, the delicatessens, the butchers. So people wanted to support as much as they could where they could. I think um, another thing in Melbourne is that everyone was worried that the weather wasn't going to support outdoor dining, but the weather's been absolutely excellent in the 13 days since we've been out of lockdown. So hopefully that remains the same. And another thing I think is interesting about what you said, where people in Melbourne want to support um, hospitality is that, you know, with so many independent coffee shops and so many independent restaurateurs, there really is, I guess, much more of an affinity and a desire to support those local players. Absolutely. And I think, well, I certainly, one of my big passions is following as many people as I can in the hospitality sector. And the minute I hear something's opened, I sort of share the love and try to get as many people to support these businesses. And I think the other thing is, which I've noticed, I was in Domain Road, South Yarra last week, where opposite the Botanical Gardens, all these sort of undercover little cafe areas that have been created is just a testament to how beautiful the experience is you're sitting opposite botanical gardens you're enclosed if you need to be and outside if you need to be and there were just people everywhere people were just happy to be out and yes what melbourne is precarious with the weather but i think we've been very lucky and i think we've also worked out a way how we can adapt if the weather does become a problem whether it's a a self-purpose marquee or a cover that will help people people still continue to eat out Yeah, it's definitely been uh, excellent to see. Um, Tamara, I want to ask you, what's your favourite thing about working in our industry? Okay, well, my favourite, favourite thing is being a hustler. Um, I love to hustle. That is something that I do wherever I go. If I see a new shop, I straight away ask them if they're looking to open up another one. If I'm at a cafe, I straight away say, would you be interested in another one? I love the thrill of the deal. I think there's no better feeling from a negotiation point to either signing a lease, selling a property. I think it's a drug like no other. And I think being in real estate, you work really hard to get a deal done. And I think there really is a buzz like no other. I love when I'm walking down a strip and I look at a shop that was once an old rundown shop, now this thriving, fabulous business. That's exciting. I think there's nothing greater when you see your leased posters up, sold posters up. I think it really is, yes, being in real estate, I'm sure you get it, Darren. It is a very, very high energy business. 100%. So what do you do to set yourself apart from competitors when you're dealing with landlords and and operators? Um, Well, very early on in my career, Brother Michael said to me, Tam, it's really important when you're referring an offer, don't just flick someone an email. What you need to do is 
read the offer. Go and have a look at that person's business. See what their fit-out's like. Check that they're a good tenant. Don't just forward an email. And I think we get very lazy and it's easy to just forward an email. And I think the most important thing is we're employed to add value. And I think that's something that's stuck in my mind is you're adding a service. People are paying for your expertise and your value. And you want to know that, you know, if you're going to put a lease board up, you're not going to wait for the phone to ring. It is all about who you're going to target, how you're going to approach it. And that's where I suppose hustle prospecting comes into it. And the other thing, which is often a hard thing to do when you've had no inquiry, how do you respond to your owner? And I often put myself in their shoes and say, well, if this was my shop that's been empty for six months, what would I want my agent to be doing? And I've tried to impart that to my group as best as I can because it is very easy to just put a board up. It is very easy to just flick an email. But we are, you know, so I think that's probably one of the things I'm very, very passionate about. I had a young guy work with me early on in the piece and I remember him saying to me, I only wish I cared as much as you do. And I think that's what we do. You, you have to care. Well, I can hear the passion. I can uh, understand the persistence that you have when you approach jobs and uh, love hearing about the perspective that you try to have to see uh, things from you know your client's point of view. Is there anything else that you do consistently and continually that you think makes you successful? Look, I am very much in touch, connecting, whether it's I might see an article in the paper about some someone that I've leased a property two years ago send a note to them with the picture of it. Hey, what's happening? How can we keep in touch? I very much have what we call a great sphere of influence, a circle of influence. I have my people that I've dealt with for years and years and years, and I love keeping in touch with them. I have created a platform for women in property. And one of the most important thing is just keeping in touch with other industry players, as well as people that are now friends. Yeah, I, I'm aware of the the females in CRE group that you lead. And my understanding is that uh, you started that because you kind of noticed that there was a shortage of mentors in the industry. And that's one of the reasons why I started this business. Can you tell us what you found when you were looking for a mentor and then what you did about it to actually change that situation? Well, I was really stuck because I felt it was, you know, commercial real estate traditionally has been very male dominated. And I thought, how am I going to survive? So I Googled basically every woman in property that I could find. And there was someone that stood out that was of interest. And I met her for a coffee and she just said, look, Tamara, I would love to mentor you, but I have no time. The best advice I could give you is start your own network. And I kind of looked at her and thought, where where does that even start and finish? So I'm not shy. So I basically got on the phone and thought I'd start with a lady that worked in accounting, legal, construction, fashion and retail. So we had these lovely little lunches and we alternated at different people's offices. And what was nice about it was we all shared ideas, grievances, and just how women in such a male industry could support each other. One of the things that I was always very specific about, it was never about man hating or anything like that. I think it was always more about just creating a support and giving other women an opportunity to share their experiences. And from those lunches of six, they, they just took a life of their own. And over the last sort of six to eight years, I've hosted on a quarterly basis, sort of 12 to 14 women in our boardroom. The women have been a mix of leaders in property, finance, 
legal, retail. We were lucky to have the lovely Lord Mayor Sally Cap, who was just a delight to host at our lunch. And the thing about the lunches is I was very keen to make it informal. And what I liked was the opportunity for other women to meet other women through this. And, you know, the, the lunches were always, are always filled with loads of laughter, great stories. And one of the comments one of my guests once said to me, and I was so chuffed to hear it, she said, your superpower is your ability to find that common thread in strangers. And I think that's something I definitely enjoy doing. And then when COVID hit, my 18-year-old nephew who's studying media suggested that I should continue hosting the lunches via Zoom. So that was kind of a unique way to look at it. And I was unsure how people would respond. Well, we've done probably 10 weeks of them where I've had probably four to six women. They have been so much fun. The conversation has gone from working from home with your partner, the trials and tribulations of homeschooling, how we feel life's going to be post-COVID. And as at sort of the 10th of November, I've got a waiting list of women ready to join more of these. You mentioned there about, you know, your superpower. Do you have any advice for people on what they should do to grow and maintain a, a strong network that helps them sustain their business? Uh, yes. I think probably one of the things is it's really important to know what's going on in the industry, reading papers, subscribing to anything and everything. I subscribe to anything from concrete playground to broadsheet to inside retail property council and I think it's really something you need to be on top of what's going on and where things are happening. Andrew Waddell in my very early days suggested that every weekend I walk a different strip and I walk a different strip, I see what shops are closing, what opportunities there are. Unfortunately or fortunately it also has been quite dangerous because walking a different strips cost me a lot of money because <laughs> I can't walk past a shop and not see something I want to buy. But I think also connecting with people Joining any event that is held through these property council or REIV, learn, listen, like follow LinkedIn, read as much as you can on social media. And it's just also important to probably get out of your comfort zone and just whether you know somebody or don't know somebody, just go up and introduce yourself, tell them a bit about yourself and how maybe they could teach you or help you. What advice would you give to a younger person who's perhaps starting out in the industry and is looking to set themselves up for success? Look, again, I'm going to go back to it's about the learning, listening, who you can meet, how you can best connect with people. I think one of the things I also, if I was doing real estate back in an earlier life, I probably would have spent some time in property management. I think property management is a very good basis to particularly retail leasing. I think you learn a lot from what goes on in management. I've also become close friends with a lot of valuers. I think your valuers can be your absolute best source of information and great friends. They, you know, there's always, I mean, I spend, and particularly through lockdown, we spent copious hours and days getting rental information, tenants, databases. So I think it's really about joining organisations and you know, finding a mentor, go to speaking events, just put your hand up and do whatever you can to learn and listen. Well, Tamara, final question for you is, I want to hear what you are especially passionate about at the moment. I can hear, obviously, your passion for the industry, uh, the passion that you've had for the women's group that has continued to thrive during COVID-19. Is there anything else that you're particularly passionate about at the moment? 
look, I'd love to see everybody back in the office. It's quite strange. We moved offices a couple of weeks ago and we're working in teams. It's hard to imagine that Grosswoodell as a group haven't all been together since March. Um, so that will be fantastic to see everyone together. I want to continue to grow my women's network with my property lunches. Next year, I plan to hold a great event for all the women that have attended the lunches um, via Zoom and in person and find a great charity that we can support. And I, I would just like to continue with mentoring others in the industry, the opportunity to speak at more industry events and eventually host my own podcast. Very, very good. Well, I hope that today's been some uh, a good training ground for you preparing your podcast in 2021. Um, Tamara, I really appreciate you sharing some of uh, great ideas about how to develop a business, how to network, and also for being radically transparent with your seven wardrobes. Was that right? Seven? Yes. <laughs> yes, that was quite the admission. I'll make sure that's the, I won't bury the lead. That's, um, that's some big news right there. Uh, Tamara, thank you so much for being our guest this week on CRE Success, the podcast. Thank you so much, Darren. For more information about our guest, visit cresuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now a final thought from Darren Krakowiak. Thank you very much to Tamara for being our guest on today's episode. We had a great chat during the interview and before and after the recording too. It's funny, we found out we have a lot in common, apart from the fact we both work in commercial real estate and live in Melbourne. You know, we hadn't crossed paths before, so I think it shows that it's never too late to grow your network. If I hadn't reached out to Tamara a couple of weeks ago and invited her to be a guest on the podcast, then I never would have made that connection. Sometimes you've just got to reach out and see what happens, and I've got a feeling with Tamara it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, it's not the last time that we'll speak. I've been working really hard on a new website I want to tell you about, by the way. If you haven't checked out our website, make sure you go and visit CREsuccess.co. If you have checked out our website, well, you better go back because it's actually been updated. There's a new podcast page. There's some new blog posts. There's some extra artwork too. I've even put a picture of my wife on there. It's an upgrade I've implemented in anticipation of the launch of CRE Success membership in a couple of weeks. So make sure you pay us a visit, CREsuccess.co. Well, that's our episode for this week. Coming up next week is episode 20. That's the final episode for season one. We might crank out a couple of bonus episodes before the end of the year, but I really just can't believe that we're nearly there. That's next time though. Thanks for listening to this episode and I will speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to leave us a five-star review. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at cresuccess.co. If you're interested in the flexible workplace boom that's happening right now across Australia, Hub Australia is one of the best operators with seven beautiful sites in four capital cities. They offer premium workspaces with desks, offices and suites and partner with landlords and corporate customers to provide and produce high quality workspaces, making sure their members love coming to work. If you have a client or partner looking for their next workspace or business opportunity, contact hello at hubaustralia.com or visit hubaustralia.com.